0: Good morning, gardeners. I'm Louisa Pringle Cameron, and today's episode of the Charleston Gardener is an interview with Rita Bachman of Rita's Roots. absolutely delighted to have you here with us today. Now tell me, how did you come to Charleston and how did you get started in the business of plants?
1: Sure, well first of all I'd like to thank you so much Louisa for having me today and Daniel. Um, It's really a pleasure to be here. I just love connecting with other gardeners and I just got a fabulous tour of Louisa's garden and I'm so excited to have seen it in person. But um, I made my way to Charleston back in 2000. I went to the College of Charleston from St. Louis. I had no idea what I wanted to do with uh, my degree or what degree to get. I thought I'd be a historic preservation major, which I think is why your garden fascinates me so much because of all the history. But as I went through the years, I started to connect with food, with where it came from, how it was produced, and realized upon graduation that I had never met a farmer. I ate food more than three times a day and had never met a farmer. So I thought that's what I should do upon graduating. College of Charleston with a degree in politics and sculpture, I became an organic vegetable farmer. Oh, I love it. (laughs) So my first internship was on a small family organic vegetable farm in New York State. And the farmers there had been farming for about 18 years, so they were very experienced. They sold their produce to restaurants in New York City, and their farm was just the most delightful place I had ever lived. I literally lived in, I think, what used to be a shed, like a garden tool shed that was converted into a little bunkhouse (laughs) for their interns. My shower was in the greenhouse right next door. There was a flushing outhouse. But on their farm, they had an apple orchard that was a hundred years old. They had a giant raspberry patch, a medicinal herb garden, a swimming pond. And we primarily ate all of the food that we grew plus provisions that we'd pick up in the city when we were there once a week. What a
0: wonderful experience. It was
1: absolutely fabulous and I hold it very dear to my heart to this day. I'm still in touch with those farmers. And then the following season, I ended up out in California Similar situation, but different climate, different set of crops, it was very hot and dry. Whereas in New York, it was a little bit cooler, very rainy, very wet. Um, And so I felt like after that, I had a a fairly well-rounded experience on these different types of crops and ended up after those two internships making my way back to Charleston and looking around online, there weren't a lot of opportunities for organic vegetable farming in this area, so I had to essentially create my own, and I worked on a number of different organic vegetable farms out on the Sea Islands, on Johns and Wadmala, and... Eventually, ran my own farm crew. I started Rita's Roots, which began as a um, organic vegetable operation. So we would grow the crops, harvest. Sell at the farmers market. We sold, we did a CSA. We sold to what's a CSA? A CSA stands for community supported agriculture, and it's essentially a subscription program that our customers would pay for their vegetables at the beginning of the season to give us that capital to get growing for the season. And then each week they would get a box of vegetables, whatever we were harvesting from the fields. Um, and then I also sold to some of the best farm-to-table restaurants around town. So Evo Pizza, Sean Brock at McCready's, Mike Lott at Fig. They were my first vegetable clients when I started growing on my own. And um, as I mentioned, just from the beginning, I was I was so glued to this idea of bringing people locally grown food um, from their area for all of the ecological reasons, but all of the connection reasons, you know, connecting people to their community and their, their food shed. Um, and so, yeah, from there, I took a little time off after running a pretty good-sized farm crew and working in the fields for about five years. I took a little year hiatus. And when I came back, I worked on a hydroponic vegetable, um, like lettuce and herb operation. Where? In Hugie, South Carolina. So not too far from here. Um, And then while I had that job, it was a part-time job and I needed full-time work. So I started The new iteration of Rita's Roots, which is Rita's Roots Backyard Harvest, and that is the garden consultation, installation, guidance business.
0: Well, now tell us about the guidance business. I have been out to your wonderful plant sales, and you have the most delightful spot next to the brewery what's that brewery called yes it's called tradesman Brewing tradesman company, company. <laughs> and it's up on king street isn't it yes
1: ma'am it's um on the king street extension and right next to highway 26 and right
0: yes right and i've been there before and there have been lines of happy people buying not only vegetable Plants, but also not little starters, but also flowers. And I've bought several of yours, which we'll see in the garden. Uh, so tell us about what you do for people now. And oh, and by the way, you did marry a farmer, didn't you? I sure did. His name is Harleston Tolls, and he runs
1: Rooting Down Farms on Edisto, and he's an orga- organic vegetable farmer as well. So it all runs in the family. It does. <laughs> well, now
0: tell, but tell us about your operation and the, your how you sure. advertise what you do for people because i get emails from you on a regular basis mm-hmm. and how would would we get in touch with you to get on your email list Let's put that in right now. Sure.
1: So, if you, the best way to stay in touch with us is through our email list, which you can go to our website. It's Rita's Roots.com. Good. um, No apostrophe. And there's plenty of buttons on there for you to join the mailing list.
0: Wonderful. Just like with my podcast, you go to GoCharlestonGardener.com and subscriptions to podcasts are free. And then you can get on mailing lists, et cetera, email lists for you. Exactly. So, that's wonderful. Well, now, how many followers? do you have? So on
1: Instagram, we've got about 4,000 followers and probably about 2,000 people on our email list. So yeah, we, um, so we host plant sales four times a year. And they're positioned at the time of year when it's perfectly appropriate to plant all of those plants. So we have a cool season plant sale in the spring where we sell all of the brassicas, the broccolis, cauliflowers, lettuces, all the root vegetables, um, anything you can put in your salad. And then the following month we do all the warm season, which are the tomatoes, peppers, eggplant, basils, Um, Anything that likes to grow from April until uh, through the summer, essentially. And then it's sort of a little known fact, I'm sure you know, but not many people who garden seem to know that you can have a whole nother planting season in the fall. So we like to get growing again in the fall around the end of September and even planting through late October to be harvesting those vegetables throughout the entire winter up until the spring when you start planting. Planting your cool season spring gardens again. I
0: am so looking forward to that. Me too. Now, I've become fascinated with garlic. When will you be offering garlic? That is one question I had for you was about garlic. I've not seen it anywhere.
1: Sure. So we do offer certified organic garlic bulbs in the fall. You want to plant them in November and they actually take quite a while to grow into a nice bulb. So we plant in November and they grow throughout the entire winter. They're incredibly cold hardy and you can start harvesting the garlic in March or April for green garlic where you use the little white bulb that's starting to form all the way up the stalk. You can use all that green as well up until where the leaves start to fan out. But if you wanna harvest or you're growing to get the storage garlic or the dried garlic, we usually harvest that around the end of May. And you'll know that it's ready when those side leaves towards the bottom start to turn brown. And you can pull it out of the ground, shake the dirt off and set it in a cool dry place. That's protected from the rain and the sun and let it cure so you can have garlic for the next couple of months. And if you grew a really great crop, you can even take that garlic and break up the cloves and plant those again in November.
0: I have enjoyed the amendments and the organic products that you have. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So we always recommend that you amend your garden
1: each season, which means to improve or make better. We're trying to make that soil better and replace all of those nutrients that came out with the crops that you grew the previous season. So we always start with compost. Um, We have a couple brands from South Carolina that we really like. The Stout Ollie Mater Maker is one of our favorites. And we also have become big fans of that super sod compost in the big yellow bag that they can deliver to your house, which is always a delight for convenience. Um, We also recommend adding worm castings to your garden as they have some, um, some nutrient content, but they provide a lot of beneficial bacteria and fungi to enhance the diversity In your soil to increase the number of soil microorganisms, which help create a really healthy, rich soil to keep your plants healthy. Um, And it's really important in organic gardening to keep your plants as healthy as possible so that they can defend themselves from pests and disease, um, which we know can be a real issue in this
0: area. I actually have a worm farm. That's awesome. I took a Rubbermaid (laughs) container and followed the directions on the Internet. It's opaque, so the worms don't get Direct sunlight, and I have it tucked underneath a holly bush, which they seem to like. I've had them for years, and I feed them um, some dry clippings, and then I also feed them. They love. I feed them kitchen scraps. They particularly like watermelon rinds and cantaloupe rinds and other melon rinds. They love that. They love the kitchen garbage, and so I've had them, and I've had the children from the school, come over. And they've they've turned it over. We've turned it over in the garden on a tarp and harvested some of the castings. The worms go down to the bottom, and we harvest the castings off the top, and they put them in their flower pots. That's wonderful. We've done it twice. Yeah, that's so you know, great. The school really. Yep, exactly. Did, I showed you the little. Vegetable garden next door at the school. Mm-hmm. But I was wondering if you would like to come out and see our garden. We don't have a formal vegetable garden per se. I have a very informal in pots where it gets the most sun. I don't really get six hours of full sun a day f- with this formal garden. I can't fit the vegetables in. But I'd love to go out there and see what you have to say about the garden and some of our plants are your plants sure. They came from you <laughs> that would be delightful i'd love to see let's it let's do that hey everybody this is daniel Luisa's producer we get ready to go outside to the garden here and there were some people doing work not too far away, so you're going to notice for about two and a half minutes, you can hear a little bit of some sign going on in the background, but it pops back into normal sound here. It's not terrible, but I just wanted to give everybody a heads up and let everyone know that it only lasts for about two or three minutes at the most. So some great information. So back to the podcast and into Louisa's garden. All
1: right, Lisa, it seems like you found a nice little nook in your yard that gets the six hours of required sun that we need to grow a vegetable garden. And I am looking at a cucumber plant here that must be, what do you say, 15 feet tall?
0: 15's about right. It it surprised me.
1: Right. Um, It's really amazing growing up this cypress tree. It looks so incredibly healthy here right now. Um, I want to say you have a little microclimate in your garden here. It seems to be pretty well protected from insects and disease
0: but not the rats they come and they they nibble on well guess what as you pointed out the cat got a rat last night isn't that exciting oh because he's been back here Ah. (laughs) well we have some collards that are still holding on and we have zucchini, and we tell us about, you, that's your fairy egg, eggplant. I bought that from you in the spring.
1: Yeah, the fairy-tale eggplant is actually a little, it's a full-size plant that grows, essentially miniature eggplants. I know we're all used to seeing the large, dark purple Italian eggplant in the grocery store, but these eggplants grow to be about two to three inches long. Um, they're wonderful, they're very tender, they're not bitter, you don't need to peel the skin when you cook them and you want to make sure to harvest them when they are that small size. If you notice that they start to turn a little bit yellow, they've been on the plant a little bit too long, they're perfectly okay to eat, but you just want to try to catch them next time before they get that yellowish hue. Tell
0: us about the German Johnson that I bought from you. I've never had a grafted tomato in my life. Sure, so
1: everyone loves that classic heirloom tomato flavor, but they can be incredibly difficult to grow in our area because they're bread and you know the seed is carried on for the flavor of the tomato but not necessarily for disease resistance so midsummer comes along and they're usually hit pretty hard by disease so when the tomatoes are grafted there's an incredibly disease resistant hardy rootstock that the top part of the tomato called the scion essentially those two tomatoes are cut in half And the scion is fused to that rootstock, and the scion, or the heirloom tomato top, takes on all of that disease resistance from the rootstock.
0: Well, why did you tell me not to bury the place where it's grafted, which is clear? You can see the ring.
1: Yeah, so if you bury that graft union, that's what that um, juncture is called, then the properties of the rootstock are null and void, because the top part, the scion, will put out roots into the soil, Um, So you want to make sure you keep that graft union above the soil so that only the roots from the rootstock are in the soil. But your tomato plant looks nice and healthy, I see some fruit on there. One suggestion I might have for next season is to get some taller tomato cages. Um, The tomato cage she has right here is about three feet tall and there's probably an additional three feet of tomato plant growing out the top and sort of toppling over.
0: What else do you offer? For instance, say I called you and I said, Rita, I really want to grow a few choice vegetables in my one little sunny area that's about 30 feet by 30 feet. What can you do for me? Sure.
1: So our first um, meeting that we would have with one another is our site assessment and consultation. So either myself or my right-hand garden guru Kim would come meet with you in your garden space and talk about all the possibilities of what you could do in that space. If you had an existing garden, we do garden walks where we can offer all of our tips and tricks for growing a better garden. And we, so if you if you're starting from scratch and you have a blank slate. We do the consult and site assessment. We need to make sure you have six hours of full sun. Um, That's really critical for growing a healthy, productive garden. And then after that, say you're interested in putting some garden boxes in, we can install cedar raised beds for you. How tall are they? We typically have a 12-inch minimum, and we can go all the way up to 24 inches tall. And I'm really excited. I just started working with a metalsmith, to, and we're getting our prototypes for Corten Steel garden boxes delivered to our container shop at Tradesman Brewing next week so we can experiment with how those look, how they weather, and how the vegetables grow in those. So I'm excited that that's a possibility of another offering we can give to our clients. So we install the garden boxes, and then we have a couple of options for education. We have our garden guidance program where myself or one of the garden gurus comes to your garden either every two to four weeks and works side by side with you to teach you all of the elements of growing a garden. Oh, how
0: wonderful. A personal tutor.
1: Exactly. We talk fertilizing, amending, planting, watering, pest management, disease control, harvest um, from start to finish. And if you're really busy and you don't have time to tend your own garden, we have garden maintenance where we can grow the garden for you and you can come out at your leisure and harvest from your organic vegetable
0: garden and... Well... That just sounds fabulous. But what about flowers? Because I have purchased numerous flowers from you. The straw flowers are four feet tall. I have some pincushion plant. Yes. That I bought Scabiosa from you. or pincushion. Yes. Yes. And some other things. Tell us about those. Sure.
1: How, did the, how
0: did the flowers get mixed in?
1: Sure. So a while ago, we started, you know, our, our research continues on and on. We are always learning in the garden. And it dawned on us that to manage pests in the garden we needed to attract beneficial insects and beneficials along with pollinators are attracted to very fragrant um, long-season bloomers blooming flowers so we just started growing and um, bringing into our plant mix any flowers that would thrive in our climate. So we have flowers that do well in the cool season all the way through the warm season so that you always have something blooming in your garden to attract those beneficial insects and pollinators.
0: We put in Asclepias a number of years ago. I could not find them in Charleston but I did find them in Greenville, South Carolina while visiting family and I brought three plants back and they have reseeded all over the place. But Earlier today, when I gave you a quick tour of the garden, you admired the Tithonia, yes. the Mexican sunflower. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to send you home with some pods, some seed pods of that.
1: Wonderful. So
0: you can get those going because they, they seem to thrive in this hot, humid, awful, sticky weather.
1: They really weather. do. And those plants right now are at least six feet tall, just loaded with bright orange blossoms. They well, are wonderful through this well, heat. Rita,
0: do you have any parting words about Uh, the whole operation and all of that about your business or our garden or anything you'd like like to say in, in in closing? Sure.
1: One other thing I'd like to mention that we do offer our clients, um, we have a program called our Garden Growers Club that's tailored to folks who are more on the DIY level, but they need guidance on what to do in this particular climate. So with our club, we send out an email every two weeks to our members telling them exactly what they can plant, what's coming up to plant, what planting windows are closed. We have vegetable studies tailored to the Low Country. We have how to videos monthly to-do lists, and all of that material is archived on our Garden Growers Club website. Um, The members also get access to our classes. They get discounts at the sales and our online sales, and it's just been a really amazing place. Um, We also have the Facebook page where they can get on and ask questions to myself or to one of the garden gurus, but we're just fostering this amazing gardening, vegetable gardening community here in the Lowcountry, and um, I'm really excited excited to now that we can be together again to start offering some in-person meetups at Tradesman Brewing Company so all of our gardeners can see one another and get to know each other and trade gardening stories. Um, so it's been a really great um, addition to our offerings to engage more people. I get will more be people there growing. soon.
0: I will be there. You're coming up. You have one coming up in September and we I will do. certainly be there. I love the fact that you integrate the flowers with the vegetables because th- some of them are real showstoppers. Absolutely. I can't thank you enough for being here today. Thank you. So- this was great. And I look forward to seeing more of you and we'll do another podcast sometime. That sounds absolutely wonderful. Thank, thank you, you for having thank me. Thank you, Daniel. As Benjamin Disraeli once said, How Fair is a Garden Amid the Trials and Passions of Existence.